Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Jason Kong here with the man himself, Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you today? I'm good, Jason. Good morning. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing fantastic, Bill. Excited for the show today. You are know, you? I'm always excited to talk. I always, I always learn something new, you know. Okay. Well, it, it, it is, we're getting towards the end of February. That, that uh, is pretty amazing. Uh, it's, you know, this past week uh, has been spring-like. It's just been uh, nice, warm, for the most part, outdoor, enjoy the weather uh, kind of week. Uh, I guess we get to go back into winter again <laughs> but you know the week has been pretty amazing uh and there's you know there's it's a good news bad news kind of week um it, you know it's um it, it seems like fingers crossed knock on wood that uh covid is uh abating to some degree and uh, so things are loosening up a little bit, uh, which is really nice. Uh, you know, most places are now uh, e- either masks optional or uh, getting ready to be masks optional, which is a nice turn of events. Of course, those of us who are older and or compromised in some way, uh, I think we need to be a little more careful and, and uh exercise our right to wear a mask <laughs> you know it's kind of thing where uh, while it's been a pain in the you know where uh, for the last couple years uh, there have been secondary uh, benefits and I mean I know that uh, there's been a whole lot less pneumonia and flu and all of that good stuff because people have been so careful uh, about COVID, which is by far the scariest uh, uh, thing going on for sure. Uh, but it is nice to see that uh, it seems to be abating. That's, that is super duper good news for all of us. Uh, and I think uh, a lot of us now are at least making plans or gearing up for s- summer travel. I was uh, reading this this week uh, how the um, uh, travel industry is actually gearing up, thinking that this is going to be the best summer they've ever had in terms of of uh, people letting go and getting out and about again, which uh, I think they're right. <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, it just, you know, and that's a good thing. Um, so that all of that part is good news, but of course the bad news is what's going on uh, across the pond uh, in Ukraine. Uh, You you know, I I have to say that in terms of, uh, as a strategist, Vladimir Putin is probably one of the smartest uh, men on earth. Uh, You know, he's clearly a despot, uh, but, uh, and certainly uh, one to be respected in terms of his, uh, what he does, but I mean, the fact is, uh, this week he annexed uh, part of y- Ukraine, uh, two parts. He's already uh, uh, declared, not that the rest of the world has, but he's declared them two separate countries uh, that he's in alliance with. Um, 
And I, I say that he's brilliant as a strategist. I mean, you, you can't forget the fact that he was the head of their feared intelligence uh, services um, for many years before he elevated himself to, to be the king of Russia. Uh, but the fact is, is that, um, uh, and that should tell you something about how smart the man is, but basically, he's had Ukraine and the United States and the rest of Europe, you know, certainly the NATO alliance, in fear that there was going to be a full-scale invasion. And there may still be, uh, but the fact is, is that to the degree that everyone was feared of a full-scale invasion and he simply sent his troops in to Ukraine, certainly breached their sovereignty, but into areas that Russian troops were already there. And so the reaction is, at least from my perspective, diplomatically and the like, no big deal. Now, if he has successfully annexed Crimea from Ukraine and annexed these additional areas from Ukraine, and there's not a full-scale war, uh, he has accomplished his goals, I suspect. So, you know, if we see a diplomatic end, but he keeps what they have, then he will actually have succeeded by scaring the patooties out of everybody that there was going to be a full-scale invasion and war in Ukraine. So that's, I mean, you know, the fact is, is that, yes, there will be sanctions because of this, but if there's uh, not a full-scale invasion, which is, like I said, it's still a possibility and it's still scary because he's got the troops there to do it. And it, it, it reminds, I mean, where we've been the last few weeks reminds me of where Europe was you know, right before World War II broke out, right before Poland uh, did the Blitzkrieg into Poland and took over uh, Poland very quickly and then spread through the rest of Europe. And that's, that's scary, you know, when you think about it. Of course, the Allied uh, Alliance, NATO, is uh, there this time, which makes, um, you know, a pretty strong barrier for, for that sort of uh, thinking. But, you know, in terms of the calls for dis diplomacy and uh, in order to avoid a full-scale war was the same thing that went on uh, pre-World War II. Um, and so, you know, tr clearly Putin is simply another Hitler, if you get right down to it, uh, no matter how you, you uh, look at it. Uh, and it, it's scary. And of course, the, you know, the, the folks who are looking at it the closest, if you really get down to it, is China, because, you know, China is doing much the same thing uh, in the Pacific. And so, um, you know, there are two huge bullies that are, in uh, a sense, in a diplomatic alliance, and that, um, from a historical perspective, is um, ironic because China and Russia has always been enemies of each other. And now, diplomatically, in terms of strategically taking over the world, um, 
that they seem to be, you do your part over there and we'll do our part over here and we'll keep everybody else at bay. And, you know, the fact is that's, that's scary as it can be. <laughs> so, you know, but hopefully, you know, the, the old uh, adage is that uh, war won't break out where there's a McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's... Uh, because of the economics in, involved and where there's world trade and, and the like, there's clearly less likelihood because uh, it uh, simply um, makes very little sense uh, in, in terms of the up, upheaval and the deaths and, and all of that stuff. But, you know, when you get to despots and power is power, um, it's the kind of thing where... Uh, the only thing despots understand is strength. Uh, diplomacy, I think they scoff at, but strength they they respect. And the United States um, and NATO together needs to basically flex their muscle, I think, and make sure that it stops where it is now, because otherwise, you know. Well, anyway, that's enough of that talk, uh, but I enjoy thinking about... Uh, that and of course the the fact is if if things get worse um, we're I mean we've already seen gas prices go up and and it and it's related to the fear that there will be an invasion there and if if there's not gas prices will abate uh, quicker you know if it's clear that Russia pulls its its troops back and those kind of things um, and of course. But for an invasion, you know, in, in, in essence, um, most predict this spring that inflation will subside significantly. Uh, and that's the good news. So you'll have good news, bad news. And, of course, that could all be messed up if there is actually an invasion of Russia. And, of course, from my own perspective, um, this is a, a a time to wait and see what will happen uh, as it relates to, uh, before putting a lot of money into the market. Because the market right now is very volatile. It's down somewhat at this point, but it could fall further. And of course, that's actually an opportunity to put money into the market. But right now is probably not the, the time. I think if we can wait another week or two, we'll probably... <laughs> Uh, have a much clearer picture as to uh, whether it's an opportunity uh, or not. And so I think that's important for people to consider. Uh, and, of course, uh, for most folks, uh, for those folks who are uh, not uh, close uh, watchers of the stock market and investments in general, uh, when the market comes down is not the time to, to uh, sell. That takes a paper loss and makes it a real loss, and it's hard to get back on your feet when we know that the market will come back. It may take a little longer at times to do that, but that's the worst, worst time to get out. Now, if you get out before the market falls, that's one thing, but it's the kind of thing where just because it's volatile um, or drops some is not your signal necessarily to get out. Now, if your financial advisor tells you it's time to get out, then you better get out. But that's 
this is the time when most financial advisors are trying to keep their clients level-headed and cool about staying in instead of getting out. But everybody has a unique situation, and they need to to follow that. But it's but the market is not something to get in or out on emotion. <laughs> that is just a truism for all of us, I think. That's exactly right. It's just it's hard to overcome those emotions at the time when you're feeling them and you, you know you may be sick to your stomach, but uh, as Bill said, listen to your financial advisor and follow those instructions no matter how difficult or uh, emotionally upsetting it may be for you. Don't forget you can go to wgalaw.com if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Maybe you have some documents that you'd like to have set up or reviewed. That's a wonderful way to do that. Go to wgalaw.com. You can also click on the seminars button at the top of the page if you want to learn more about Bill's free webinars dealing with the subjects of long-term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning. We're going to get into a discussion on trusts in just a bit, but if you would like to attend Bill's free webinars happening on Wednesday, March 9th, just go to wgalaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page. It's free to do so, free to register, free to attend, a wonderful opportunity to learn more from Bill. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong. Don't forget, you can go to WGALaw.com if you want to learn more about Bill, schedule an appointment to speak with him, or register for his free webinars dealing with long-term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning. WGALaw.com is the place to go. Just click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. Bill, uh, on the ne- on the docket next, we're going to get into a discussion on revocable trusts. Well, I think it's important. I mean, last week I, I spoke at length about a last will and testament and why that's important and how it works and how it doesn't work. Uh, and so uh, I, uh, I oftentimes get folks who come in and say, well, Bill, we uh, we think we need a trust. Uh, we've heard you talk about trusts and how wonderful they are, uh, and, and uh, we think we need one. And of course, the fact is is that uh, trusts are fabulous planning tools. They're tools, however. Uh, wills are also a tool that complements a trust, and when you have a trust, you also have a will. A lot of folks don't realize that, but uh, the the... the uh, the, a trust agreement is uh, a, a, a very, very helpful for a lot of folks, but not everybody needs a trust. A, a lot of folks, even well-to-do folks, sometimes a uh, will-based plan works just as well, uh, especially uh, uh, for the first death of a married couple. Uh, sometimes a, a trust is a far better tool for the for the surviving spouse, uh, but uh, oftentimes a trust is better uh, in both circumstances. It really 
varies. Uh, and I'll give you a pretty good example of a, a client uh, uh, recently that was surprised when I said, you know, you really don't need a trust yet. You might want to consider one in maybe five or 10 years. And it was a situation where uh, the, the client had a very nice estate, uh, two children. Uh, they had uh, together, husband and wife, um, retirement accounts. And this was a, a big factor in, in my advice, uh, the great majority of their wealth was in their retirement accounts. Together, they had about $1.7 in traditional retirement accounts. And they were fairly young people. I mean, they were in their early 60s. Uh, two children, married, grandchildren, you know, um, not a not a second marriage, you know, for traditional family, which was wonderful. Um, and but the rest of their estate, once you get got past uh, their retirement accounts, um, was you know maybe seven hundred thousand um, dollars, eight hundred thousand, somewhere in there. So they were in a real gray area as to uh, what to do with, uh, whether to do a trust or not. And basically, my advice was not yet. And it was not yet because their retirement account, cl clearly their first effort was take care of each other, so the retirement account would go to the surviving spouse. And then uh, secondarily, you know, we, have, we now have the SECURE Act, and in North Carolina, our retirement accounts are protected assets, for even for the children. So a, a, a trust doesn't give you the bang for the buck for that retirement account. And considering the fact that many of their other resources would still appreciate some, and maybe a lot, depending on circumstances, it, it to me, I thought that a will-based plan, which is at least it's less expensive going in. Uh, a trust is more expensive at the beginning, but less expensive when each person dies. So, you know, there's a give and take there. So anyway, my advice to this family was, at least for now, a will-based plan will serve your purposes, and possibly a trust-based plan will be better either later in your life, you know, in their 70s, uh, or after the first death, one, one of the two. Uh, because, at least for me, I want to give people the best plan and also the most efficient plan financially. Uh, and it just made more sense to, to give them a will-based plan, which uh, is about thir uh, one-third the cost of a trust-based plan. So that gives folks some idea. So anyway, uh, I think that was a pretty good example. But, okay, so... Folks do like revocable trust because what what property goes into a trust during your lifetime, it does avoid probate, uh, it uh, which makes it faster and less expensive for the family to do what needs to be done at each death, and it becomes a simpler process for the survivors uh, when you have a trust agreement. Um, and a trust actually, uh, in many ways, gives folks better control during their lifetime. 
it, in, when we do a trust, we always do a disability plan, which, also, which gives uh, a successor trustee a, a fiduciary obligation to carry out the plan as laid out for them by the grantors of the trust. And then it gives you the ability to create a much stronger plan for your spouse and your children. A trust gives you the ability to, it particular, and this is very common, for, particularly for younger clients, where uh, they're concerned that if they die, uh, that their spouse will remarry and the children might be left out. You know, they're worried about the snake lady, if you will. Uh, or the golf pro on the other side, you know, same kind of deal. Uh, but the the fact is, is that with a trust agreement, you can uh, at least protect your assets for the benefit of your children if your spouse should remarriage. We call that remarriage restrictions. And a lot of the younger people, younger clients do choose to have those as part of a trust agreement. And then, of course, we can do asset protection planning for the children. And the fact is, is that most of my clients with a nice estate, their goal, because a lot of them choose not to do remarriage restriction, they're not worried about that. But what they are worried about are, are their children. And they don't want a nice inheritance to end up going to uh, the spouse of their children in a divorce. And so they want to protect the, the inheritance for the benefit of their children. And so we do a lot of asset protection planning uh, and legacy plannings for children and grandchildren uh, in a trust agreement. So those are lots of the reasons why people really like trusts. And But, you know, frankly there are lots of families that don't need a trust so from my perspective the first thing is to see i mean because a lot of folks come in to me assuming that the trust is the way to go and uh and so the first analysis is a trust the best way to go or not and so i think that's a really important thing and now uh when uh, we, I know we need to take a break. So when we come back, uh, Jason, I want to talk about some of the factors that would push a family towards a trust or not. I think that's helpful. That is helpful, and that's information that we will get to. A few quick items. If you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, maybe you want to talk about your scenario and see if a trust is right for you, you can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill by going to WGA Law. Dot com. That's Bill's website, WGALaw.com. From there, you can schedule an appointment to speak with him, or if you want to learn more by attending Bill's free webinars, Bill has one webinar in the afternoon on Wednesday, March 9th, and that is dealing with asset protection and trust planning. If you want to learn more about trusts, this is a wonderful free opportunity for you to do that. All you have to do is go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button, at the top of the page, you can register for free to attend. These are webinars that you can attend from the comfort of your own home. All you need is a device with an internet connection and an email address, and you're good to go. WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page to learn more. Also, if you want to learn more about long-term care assistance that may be available to you dealing with Medicaid and VA benefits, this is another wonderful opportunity for you to learn more about those subjects 
wgalaw.com. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Don't go anywhere. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about him by going to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're talking all about revocable trusts. Yeah, well, I want to talk about why people might want to use a trust. But, you know, I need to go back to the beginning and basically tell folks what a trust actually is because there's a lot of confusion about it and so the first thing i'll do is use the analogy of a last will and testament you know when you sign your last will and testament uh, and of course you can change it because it's you only look at the last one you do that's the one that goes to the clerk of Superior Court, but a lot of folks don't realize that when you sign it, it's actually, it's a proposed last will. It's not really a will until, it's just a piece of paper. Uh, it's a plan that you that you have created for your family, but it's actually not a last will and testament until you die and you take that piece of paper to the clerk of Superior Court and the clerk probates that piece of paper and then it it becomes a last will and testament and of course it is subject to a, a, a will contest you know if somebody says oh that's that's not his will or uh, it wasn't executed properly or uh, it was signed under undue influence or, or the like. There are a number of different ways that families can contest a will if they don't like it, if you will. Um, and uh, But once that's resolved, then, then what has been given to the clerk of court is the last will and testament. And that's your plan on the disposition of your property. Now, a trust in similarly... Uh, is a piece of paper. It, it is a contract. It's an agreement. It is not an entity that legally is capable of holding property. You know, if you create a corporation, legally a corporation can own property. Uh, a corporation can have employees. A corporation can have all of these things. The same is true of a limited liability company. Uh, uh, so in essence, you can, as a limited liability company, you can own property uh, by that company. Well, a trust is not an entity. It's a contract. So when people describe, when lawyers describe your trust as transferring property to your trust, that's really a misnomer. It's not correct. What you're really doing is transferring property 
to a trustee. And so the trustee owns the property, but a trustee owns property in a fiduciary capacity for the benefit of the beneficiaries. In other words, they have to hold the property according to the trust agreement, which are your instructions. Now, take that one step farther. The um, uh, uh, When you create a revocable trust, you're the grantor, trust maker. You're creating a trust. Normally, you name yourself or you and your spouse as the trustee or co-trustee of your trust agreement, and you generally are the beneficiary of the trust. Now, oftentimes, you're you, your spouse, and your family are all beneficiaries of the trust, but you are the primary beneficiary, or you and your spouse are the primary beneficiary of the trust. So in essence, you've created an agreement where you control it, you're the creator, you're the manager as trustee, and you're the beneficiary to be able to continue to do what you have always done with your property, to invest it any way you want and spend it any way you want and enjoy yourself for your labors in terms of what you've created in terms of an estate for yourself. But uh, what you've done when you transfer property from yourself to a trustee is you have um, transferred property out of your individual name to yourself as a fiduciary. Now, if you're thinking, well, that doesn't make any sense because what have you done? Well, there is some truth to that, although legally trusts have been around for many years, hundreds of years, and they work. The law is very strong about how these, these things work. Uh, and you have uh, completely transferred property out of your individual name to a trustee that can change. You can have a successor trustee uh, and avoid probate and have a much stronger, uh, long-lasting plan for your family, uh, for yourself, your children, your grandchildren, and even multiple generations if that's what you're trying to accomplish. So uh, it it really is a wonderful planning tool, but in essence, it's all it is is an agreement with a lot of law behind it. Um, And so it's the trustee that makes the difference in, in a trust. And that's, uh, that's what I wanted folks to understand because it really is hard to get your head wrapped around some of this stuff. And uh, that's an important concept for folks to understand when they create a, a trust, that it's all about the trustee following the instructions in the trust agreement. That's what it's all about. That's interesting because I, I think... Um, you know, in the way that you explained it, uh, most people probably wouldn't expect a, a trust to behave that way. I think, in general, most people probably think, as you said at the beginning, that it's, it's almost like its own entity rather than mm-hmm. a contract. Well, the good news is because it's such a, a loosey-goosey kind of thing, uh, while it's revocable, that's why the, the taxing authorities, the Internal Revenue Service, the Department of Revenue, 
They ignore these kinds of trusts. They just say, use your Social Security number. We're going to tax you the same way we always have. You don't file a trust tax return. You just simply file your income tax return the way you always have. Uh, for us, it's a pass-through entity that we're going to ignore. And that's an advantage to folks. Nobody wants to have to file an extra tax return to have a trust. And and that is a real advantage to folks. And it's one of the advantages over and above greater control, no probate, less expensive, all of those kinds of things. So, you know, great planning tool. If you want to learn more from Bill, you have a couple options. If you want to schedule an appointment to sit down and speak with Bill, explain your scenario and see if a trust fits your needs, you can schedule an appointment with Bill by going to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website, WGALaw.com. From there, as I said, you can schedule an appointment to speak with him. Or if you want to register for Bill's free webinar that deals with asset protection and trust planning, you can attend that by going to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. This is in the form of a free webinar. It's free to register, free to attend. It's highly educational. You can learn more about asset protection and trust planning. Or if you want to learn more about long-term care assistance that may be available for you dealing with long-term care crisis, that's another webinar that Bill has available for you to attend on Wednesday, March 9th. Just go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about Bill by going to WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. We're talking all about revocable trusts. And Bill, we took a step back and kind of uh, learned about the definition of what a trust actually is so that, you know, this at least makes things a little bit clearer in our minds now. We want to sort of get into... You know, who is a trust for? Who needs a trust? Well, a trust can be used for a lot of different circumstances uh, to the advantage of a family. Uh, I, I even have uh, single folks who, who have no children. You know, oftentimes they're my orphan children, if you will. And they create a trust uh, not for death planning, but for life planning. They create a trust so that their disability instructions, if they get to a point where they can no longer manage their own property for themselves, they want to know that their, uh, the fiduciary that they've appointed, their successor trustee, has an obligation to carry out their wishes that have been uh, tra uh, you know, transcribed into their trust agreement. This is what I, I uh, require you to do with my money to take care of me the rest of my life. And to me, that's really important. Now, that can be helpful to everybody because as I say to folks, it's not about taking care of your spouse. Your spouse knows how to take care of you. But your children, even if they think they know you, 
they do not necessarily know how to take care of you in terms of the things and make sure you are provided those things that are really and truly important to you. Um, so a disability plan is one of the reasons why people should consider a, tr a trust agreement. But uh, what are some of the more common reasons uh, to, for people to, that uh, should use a trust? And, I, and I'm not worried in most instances about avoiding probate as such. North Carolina is a pretty a modest state in terms of costs and time when it comes to probate, but trusts do have the advantage of avoiding probate and those costs. But um, if you have a significant or a, what I would consider a larger estate, and the definition of large can vary because, for instance, let's say that you have an estate uh, where uh, you only have one child, and you have an estate that's, say, $1.5 million. Um, well, from my perspective, when a, one child inherits that much money, uh, it's worth protecting it. And so having a trust agreement for the benefit of protecting your child is huge. Well, if you had $1.5 million net estate, and you had three or four children, then you might not need a trust and unless you had a child with particular needs. Like, for instance, you had a child who was a spendthrift or addicted or a particular family issue where that child was not going to be able to manage even a smaller inheritance. Well, and, or you had a, a special needs child. Uh, th those are all reasons why trust-based planning can work better, even for those families that I that we would consider uh, middle-class families today. Well, there are other middle-class families, quite frankly, that own real estate either through inheritance or vacation properties in other states. Well, it, the, the bottom line is if you're a North Carolina resident and you own a condo at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, or you've inherited a cabin in Vermont or you own property in any other state, then a trust is going to save you money. And the reason it will save you money is because if you don't have a trust and put you, putting your real estate uh, particularly your out-of-state real estate, into your trust, then you will have a double probate because you will have to have a probate in North Carolina, and then you'll have to send that uh, will, an exemplified copy of your will, to the county in which your real estate is in in another state and hope that that will can be probated there which is not necessarily true. Uh, and so actually a trust uh, is a much more protective document when you own real estate out of, uh, out of state. Uh, and it's also a cost savings. I, I, I have to tell you this. I had a case where a Maryland last will and testament, uh, a lady died and had family she left property to, uh, and her will could not be probated in North Carolina because it did not meet the North Carolina tests. And real estate doesn't go by what's called full faith and credit of the United States Constitution. It goes by state law. 
And so guess what? That will was not used, in sense, and hence the property, which was multi-million dollar beach property in Currituck County, uh, couldn't be probated, so it went by intestate succession, which was very, very different from the last will and testament. So guess what? Her plan was not going to be carried out. Now, in that particular case, fortunately, we had a wonderful family that agreed uh, to distribute the property as the lady wished, but it, that was not because what the law would have required. And when generally, when you have multi-million dollars property, you don't get that kind of family agreement. So that that's uh, part of it too. Um, but there are other reasons. But having real estate out of state is a biggie. Uh, if you have a taxable estate now. Right now, the exemptions for uh, estate tax, death tax, uh, is very high, but it's coming back down, and there's going to be more families that do need to worry about estate tax. And, of course, uh, at least uh, today, our generation-skipping tax exemption is the same amount as our estate tax exemption. So if you have a very large estate, taxable estate, then again, trust-based planning can help you save the high exemptions that we have today that will come down later. Uh, so, and there are a lot of different ways of, of doing that, but different uses of, uh, of trusts. Um, and of course, it also allows us uh, in other in terms of taking care of each other and taking care of our children. Uh, it gives us the ability to do remarriage restrictions. It gives us the ability to do um, uh, asset protection for our children, which, quite frankly, is one of the biggest reasons that my clients like trust agreements, so that they can not only protect themselves but they can also protect their children and grandchildren from things that, as parents, we worry about in terms of, uh, you know, marriages, whether they last. We know the statistics are not particularly good. Uh, and, uh, and, and quite frankly, I think the statistics are getting worse with each generation, uh, which is not a good thing. Uh, now, that's not to say that people don't have good marriages and they last for, forever and those kinds of things, but uh, at the same time, uh, we have uh, those issues. Now, for second marriages or successive marriages, um, trust-based planning should be a requirement. Uh, and In fact, a prenuptial agreement should be a requirement, too. That's a whole different uh, uh, category that we probably need a, another show to talk about. Um, but the fact is, is that when you uh, uh, when you remarry, particularly if uh, I'm assuming here that there are children by a previous marriage, where uh, you know part of your goal is to take care of yourself. That's always number one goal. Second goal, oftentimes, is uh, take care or at least. Uh, do uh, some protective planning for your spouse, uh, and thirdly, protect your children's inheritance. And a trust can do all of that, uh, where a will-based plan often cannot do that effectively. So um, anyway, there uh, now there are probably as many reasons to do a trust as the, as there are unique 
family situations uh, out there where a trust-based plan uh, can be extremely valuable to a family. And of course, uh, another reason that a lot of my clients like a trust is because we can do what we call dynasty planning. In other words, we have a, an estate that's large enough to where we know that our, our children are going to have a large estate when they die, and we don't want our property to be included in their estate, which would make their estate tax worse. So we generation skip our trust from our children to our grandchildren to our great-grandchildren to our great-great-grandchildren. So multiple generation trusts, uh, and those are wonderful as well. And you, you need a trust to do it. If you need to find more information or want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, go to WGALaw.com. That's the best way to do that, WGALaw.com. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back. listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. If you want to learn more about Bill, schedule an appointment to speak with him or find more information about his free webinars, go to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. That's the best way to do it. If you want to learn more about, again, the webinars dealing with asset protection and trust planning as well as long-term care assistance, just click on the seminars button at the top of the page at WGALaw.com. Dot com, or you can call the office 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. We're out of time for today, but hope you will join us again next weekend. Thanks so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day.